Hey guys, welcome back to the Take a Seat, Not a Side podcast hosted by Kelsey and Brian Halverson. This is a couples podcast where we dive into all things pop culture with our own special twist. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back. Wow, beginning of the second season, and we already missed an episode. <laughs> Obviously for good reasons, if anybody saw my Instagram post, I'm not going to cry on this podcast again, because Lord knows that's happened. Um, But Kelsey, me, just needed some time with my family, and I'm so glad that I got that time, even if it was very sad circumstances. Um, so yeah. 20 minutes ago, we were eating dinner and Kelsey out of nowhere looks at me and she goes, is there a regular Korea? Right. I made the same face. Every one of you is making right now. What the hell does she mean by regular Korea? I said, what did, what did you ask? She goes, well, there's North Korea and South Korea. Is there a Korea in between? Her inability to understand North Dakota and South Dakota is documented on the podcast already. Um, she thought South Dakota was in the desert because it should be in the southern part of the USA because it's south. I don't know what she thinks about Virginia and West Virginia. But no, Kelsey, there is no regular Korea. There is he North fooled Korea. me, too. He fooled me. Because at first he was like, yeah. And I was like, OK, cool. And then a second later, he goes, no, Kelsey. No. <laughs> First of all, you can't change the subject because I don't like talking about sad things. And secondly, you can change the subject to something else, not the stupid things I said today. If we <laughs> if we were ever famous, we would our, the first shirts we're going to make are going to be regular Korea. <laughs> we'll make our own flag. I wish more people would understand it because me and Brian are actually um, going back to playing team trivia with some of our friends. Um, we were doing this for a really long time. It's called America's Pub Quiz, I think. And they do a bunch of different trivia nights at a bunch of different bars. And obviously, we love trivia, um, but we haven't gone in like years. So we're very excited to go back. Um, and we can make that our team name, but nobody would understand it. Regular <laughs> Korea. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Funny stuff. You know what wasn't funny? The movie last night? No, it was not funny. I did not laugh. Actually, no, okay. They put a lot of humor into it, so I, I'm going to backtrack. A couple moments. For a horror movie, they did humor pretty well. For anyone who's not grasping what movie we're referring to, when we did our top movies for the first half of the year... I had an honorable mention of Scream, and I was like, you know, I'm not going to put this on my top five, but that being said, I'm still going to go see it. Well, the other day, Brian is walking around, and he just casually goes, yeah, for the podcast, we could review Scream. And I was like, oh, we haven't gotten seen Scream. And then he, like, backed up and looked at me, and I was like, I'm in love with this man. Brian hates scary movies. Before we left, he actually was testing out which hat would fit over his face because he likes to put the hats over his face during horror films. 
I like to cover my eyes at the horror films, but enough to where I can still see the movie. So trucker hats kind of suck because you can see the entire screen still through the you know the mesh. So you need uh you need a hat that serves a purpose at the movie theater. What about a visor? No. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of it. Okay, Scream wasn't that scary last night per se. It wasn't like a terrifying type of movie. It's just naturally jump scary. Like the it's a slasher. They have to get their scares from jump scares. It's not like a ghost scary movie um where you like there's there's other omnipresent things to be afraid of. It's just a slasher movie. So you're the the entire point of the horror movie is when is that slasher going to jump out and stab you? I will say too I think Halloween did this not only with Halloween Kills, the most recent Halloween, but the one before it. Um, they made everything a lot more gory. Not to say that these movies weren't already gory, but like they show like Michael Myers slowly killing his victims and they show every stab and it's like almost to the point where it makes me cringe a little bit because like, I don't know. They're clearly going over the top. They want you to see all the violence. And that was with Halloween. And so with the Scream movie, this is the first one to come out in, like, I think almost 10 years, they were saying. And so with this one, too, like, I don't know. The kills are so much slower. And, like, they show so much more. It's kind of crazy. And I think this is the way that they're going to elevate these movies that have been redone a thousand times but at the same time it was almost a little too much and this is coming from a woman who basically engulfs herself in true crime and even I think it was too much so this is actually the fifth movie in the Scream series and then Kelsey was right the last Scream movie that came out before this was Scream 4 in 2011. Uh, I feel like everyone's seen the original Scream, or anyone that watches horror or probably listens to us has seen the original Scream. And that movie was kind of iconic. It kind of set the bar for that era of slasher movies. Um, the, what other ones came out after that? Um, Urban Legends. I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah, I would agree. I think it took an idea and instead of it just being a monster, it took the idea of like anybody could be the monster. Like you could be sitting in math class with this person, they leave, and then they come back in this outfit. You can be at a party and they leave the room and they come back in this outfit. Yeah, so it's kind of like Clue mixed with a horror movie. You know, you're you're constantly guessing like, oh, that's kind of fishy or that's kind of fishy. And then, of course, it's Hollywood, so, like, they know how to throw in um, red herons where it makes you think that that's fishy, but it's really not. So the whole movie, uh, you're there guessing, and, yes, we were doing that the whole movie. The big difference is, like, Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger aren't pretending to be, like, paper boys, and then all of a sudden they turn around and kill you. Like, you look at them, you're like, oh, shoot, and you run the other way. But, like, this one, it's really a whodunit because... It could be any of these people or multiple people, as we know from the original. And if you haven't seen the original, that's not my fault. Yeah. If you haven't seen the original, uh, definitely see the original before you watch this new one. There is so much homage paid to the original. 
It's not even I've never seen a follow up movie give so much credit to the original of the franchise. Well, and they troll the last movie, Scream 4, for not giving enough credit to the original, which I disagree with because there were some ties to the original. Like, the main character in that movie is related to Sydney. So, I disagree. But, um, yeah, no, totally. I actually haven't seen Scream 2, 3. I might have seen Scream 2. I haven't seen 3 or 4. Actually, I don't even know. I don't know which Screams I've seen. I know I've seen the original, and then I saw the one last night. What's really interesting about the new Scream movie is um, there's this whole wave of like kind of like cults on Reddit and online message boards, but mostly Reddit. So every movie that comes out, every franchise that comes out has a Reddit. And that's where like the diehard of the diehards go to post. They post theories. They do like fan fiction. They do cosplay. Um all sorts of stuff. Every time you go to, you can go to like a Game of Thrones, and every every day someone's posting their picture of Arya that they drew. Uh, well, Scream has a following like that too because it's such a such a classic to the horror genre. Um, and this movie breaks the fourth wall over and over and over again. It's like kind of the premise of the movie. So, I movies haven't really done that. It's a very unique concept, and it was pretty risky, I think. And it even the way they did it was maybe a little over the top or a little corny, but I feel like it was kind of like a other movies throw Easter eggs in their movie. They just gave you the entire basket. Yeah, I agree. I think that they're almost in a way making fun of horror films and how predictable they are. Because like sometimes you'll watch these like B grade or C grade um, horror films on Netflix, and you're like, okay, this literally is breaking every rule of a horror film where this is where the rules came from is because although you may have picked up on them in other movies, they're going to sit there and like tell you what the rules are. And this one was really funny. I won't go into too much detail because I, you know, people want to go see it and I don't want to spoil it, but they would have like those funny moments where they would, like you said, like break the third wall and be like, fourth wall, break the fourth wall. on a roll tonight you can leave that in i don't care break the fourth wall thanks brian there are four walls in a room um and they would just be like testing each other almost like oh i'll be right back uh don't say that (laughs) and then you do find yourself sitting there it's like they did everything that you do when you watch a horror film oh my god how could she not turn the lights on Oh my gosh, your power's out and you're going to continue to go in your house? Oh my gosh, don't go and have any sexual activity. And certainly, certainly, like I just said, do not say I'll be right back. Because you won't. They also did the whole tricky door thing throughout the movie, which I picked up on right away. The, The opening of the cabinet and closing of the cabinet. And you're like, oh shoot, oh shoot, oh shoot. Nothing's there. Oh, shoot, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Nothing's there. And it almost got a little annoying, but you're also like, I like that they're toying with us a little bit. Like they were over toying with us, but that was their intent. And this one had really good reviews, by the way. Uh, Horror films don't exactly get praised very often. 
But I believe the IMDb was in the sevens, and I believe the score for Rotten Tomatoes in the 77 percentage. So that's really good for a horror film. They usually get dragged. So, you know, unless you're doing something where Jordan Peele is doing like Us or Get Out, you're not really taking it to the next level, which they actually point out in that movie. You know, everything else is just a cheap thrill where he's taking it to a new place. But I don't know. It brings you back to like those old school horror movies that like now we can look back on and be like, oh, how cheesy. But those are the originals. You know what I don't like about Scream and the concept of Ghostface, the killer, is one, those are really, really quick wardrobe changes. These people could be rich in the field of magic, the way they switch their outfits. And then some of these killings were like during the day. You don't think someone's going to see some masked freaking ghost face running down the sidewalk? Michael Myers walked around. Yeah, yeah. Michael Myers walked around, but people were like, okay, shit, there's Michael Myers. Like, watch out. Throughout the entire Scream franchise, the ghost face killer is like changing into this entire costume, killing somebody, and then unchanging, and then no, no one sees it happen. It's not caught on any cameras. Where is he keeping the costume? Yeah, exactly. Is he walking around with a backpack? Well, in most of the films, they are teenagers, so that would make sense. But we could sit here all day and like criticize every single horror movie for not being realistic. You kind of have to suspend belief a little bit, especially for a slasher movie like that. I will say, too, I don't get scared very often, but maybe I'm getting... I make fun of Brian because Brian developed a fear of heights like really late in life. Like it never really overly bothered him. And then one day we were in Florida and you know, all the Florida hotels are super tall and they all have the balconies and we're out on the balcony and all of a sudden Brian's like terrified. I'm like, I've never seen him like that before. We've flown, we've been in elevators and I've never seen you like that. And I was like making fun of him. I'm like, okay, old man, like suddenly you develop a fear of heights. I think scary movies are slightly getting to me more because our world is becoming so scary. Like, just crazy things happen in our world where people just attack each other. And I think it makes these movies more real. And, like, I got home yesterday and you didn't come inside right away. And I was, like, a little, like, sketched out. You know, like, every noise. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. And I've never used to be like that. Scary movies never really bothered me. So before we give it our rating... Um, I just want to bring up this app that we're going to start doing. It's called Letterboxd. I was seeing my friend Brandon post movie reviews, and he um, he's on this app, and his name on there is Brandon at Random. So definitely, if you get this app, look him up. Um, but so this app it allows you to mark any movie that you watched and score it out of five stars um, and keep like a, like a database of your past movies. So, you know, a year from now, two years from now, you can uh, see your movies ranked by director or by actor or by score uh it's really cool really cool way to keep track of your movies and with how much we watch movies we're gonna start filling out our scores on there um so that being said we definitely are gonna put scream into this app kelsey what would you give this out of 10 out of 10 is that how the app works well so imdb does one through 10 letterbox does five stars but you can do half stars so basically it's the same thing. So like a 10 would be five stars, a nine would be four and a half stars, an eight would be four stars, so on and so forth. 
I mean, without giving too much away, I will say, like, the conclusion of the film, the Scooby-Doo moment where we unmask the monster, if you will, for me, it didn't bring me a lot of satisfaction. I didn't really see as much of a connection there as to how we got to that point. And I wish there was more to it. I wish it wasn't just like, okay. I felt like we got to the end of the movie and it was just like, here's the... Here's the resolution. The end. Bye. And then they kind of gave like a reasoning to it. They gave a reasoning to the end and why things ended the way they did. But you're also like, yeah, but is that enough of a reason? And maybe we should have dropped more hints throughout it. Like I said, I'm talking very vaguely because I don't want to ruin this movie for anybody. I can talk about the first one all I want because, frankly, if you haven't seen it yet, that sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. I would give it a... I give it like a 6.6. No, no, you can't do pointages. There's it's, no points in this app? No, it's 1 through 10. Or... So it's... No, okay. No, no, there's no points. It's it's like I just told you. It's a one through ten scoring system. So there's one star, one and a half stars, two stars, two. There's no pointage. Okay, six stars. Oh my god, there's no stars. <laughs> you said there were stars. No, IMDb does a score oh one through god. ten. Okay, what am I what am I scoring? A just say just 10? say one through ten, and I'll tell you the stars. <laughs> a six. So that would be three stars. Okay, fair. And I am also going to give it a – I'm going to give it a six. I feel like it was unique enough. It, it kept my attention. It was It was fine. Um, I don't want to go under a six because I feel like under a six is um, getting to not a good movie territory. And I, I'd, I'd watch it again. I think it's worth the watch. So that's a six for each of us. Letterboxd, it's going to come up as a three-star for us, Kelsey. That's how it translates. She's she's Shut looking up. at me so either confused or mad or something. Shut up, Halverson. I will say this. In conclusion, and I'm taking the chance of repeating myself, I appreciate the ties to the original. I appreciate that we can slightly make fun of horror films. I think we could have used more character development, which would have helped us when we got to our conclusion of the film. They didn't develop the new characters enough because they wanted you to fall in love with the older characters. With the older characters that came back. Which you can gather that from the trailer, so we're not ruining anything for you. Also, Sydney always comes back, so <laughs> no surprise there. <laughs> All right, moving on. And that is not the only movie we watched this weekend. And no, we did not watch Hacksaw Ridge or the other movie with Timothy Chalamet because uh, Kelsey had to travel. But we watched Dune. Dune. If I had bagpipes, I'd play bagpipes right now. Isn't that what they sound like? Yeah, that's pretty good. You guys just heard our new theme song? (laughs) You can hum bagpipes better than you can understand the star ranking system. Hey, Dune, do not copyright me for stealing your theme song. (laughs) Because they were so close to each other, like, no one's going to recognize the difference. All right, so 
I obviously raved about Dune last week. It's going to be in my top 10 favorite movies. And I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. It is that good. Everything about it was great. Every scene in this movie is important and or just great acting or visually sweet. It won best score at the Golden Globes. Like, there's so many good pieces that come together for this movie. And to me, it makes it perfect. Um, It might be a little slow because... It is the first movie of what I'm hoping is a trilogy, what I'm expecting to be a trilogy, which to me makes it even crazier that it was that good. Like when you think of the Dark Knight trilogy, you don't even think of Batman Begins anymore because the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises was so good. When you think of the Lord of the Rings, you don't even think of the Fellowship of the Ring because the Two Towers and Return of the King were so good. So if the original Dune, I don't want to say original because the original came out but this version of Dune being this good, just imagine how awesome the entire trilogy is going to be. So I will say this movie took a lot of convincing on my part because the very few people that I would even talk to, because this isn't really, I don't know, this isn't something that would really interest my friend group, but the few people I talked to that did go and see it said that they thought it was boring. And I was like, mm, yeah. Let me finish. So I was like, mm, I don't like being bored. <laughs> I like being entertained. And it's over two hours long, so I really don't want to be bored watching an over two hours long movie. So I was a little hesitant on it, and I may have been a little brat to Brian and told him I wasn't going to watch it. But then finally I succumbed to the love I have for my dear, sweet husband who would never embarrass me on a podcast by talking about regular Korea. Oh, wait. Um, And I watched it, and I will say, first of all, Timothy Chalamet is a very good actor, but I just can't get over the fact that he is just so small. So I just don't see him as a badass. But in this movie, I mean, there was, like, one scene where I was like, okay, he's got some skills. But still, he's just very small. But you know what? Whatever. Maybe that's just me being sassy because he's probably thinner than me. <laughs> Can I just touch on that real quick before you go on? Yes. So in you the were books, so excited. <laughs> so in the books, Paul Atreides, which is who Timothy plays, and he's definitely, you know, he's the antagonist of the whole series. He's supposed to be 15 years old. So that's why they chose an actor that looks like he's 15 years old. Is he 15 in this film? That's genuinely asking. They never say you just, you know, he's a boy. Um, Movies can kind of go their own way with that a little bit. So I don't know if they're really expecting him to be 15 because 15 would be pretty young. Um, But yeah, he's supposed to be portrayed as a, like a young growing boy. Okay. So, I mean, that being said, I feel like that's a solid choice. And then Zendaya being, you know, this woman that that he's dreaming of or however you perceive it. Um, I mean, she looks young, too. So I guess I could see. Okay. But for being a young boy, and I don't think this is giving anything away, he's very bossy towards his mom. And maybe that's just their 
you know, maybe the patriarchy is just like king where you must obey the man. And maybe that's what it comes from. Like he's above her in society. But he is a little like, I don't know, a little rude to her sometimes. I just want to be like, okay, if he's supposed to be 15 or 16, like dropkick him. Well, I don't think it's the patriarchy because she definitely shows her power over other men in the in the show. I think it's showing you that like this young boy is not afraid to have his own thoughts and like his own. Uh, he's very courageous, very courageous. So the movie overall, for someone who's not usually, I'm not a big fan of these kind of movies. Like I don't, I'm not saying that these are the same kind of movies, but like Lord of the Rings, for example. It's just so long. And it feels so long. Like, it's not like it's long in time, but, you know, it's entertaining the whole time. There are points of it where I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, it's a piece of jewelry. Like, go away. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, Luca's going to be livid. (laughs) Hi, Luca. Um... This movie, I feel like, I disagree with you. You said it, it felt slower. I feel like it didn't seem that long. I don't like, want to it say didn't s- drag on at all. Yeah, maybe slower is the bad choice. What I mean by that is, like... There's a lot of build to it, is what you're saying. I was going to get to that. So, there's a lot of build, and there's a lot of details, and the ending seems very unfinished. Yes, yes, thank you. Like, I- it seems like we just watched the first half of a movie and we're waiting for the second half to start. But instead that's the whole movie, which you know what though? That's what it should be. I guess. Is it a trilogy? Is that what it is? We don't know yet. We know that the second movie is approved, but the original, was it just one movie? Yeah. The original sucked though. The original was one movie, but this has nothing to do with that. Okay. And the original probably went a lot faster. No idea. Never saw it. Okay. Well, I'm guessing here that, there was more of a conclusion to the original movie. Otherwise, it would be really weird to end where it ended. Um, but, you know, comparing it to a crappier film, as far as IMDb is concerned, like Fifty Shades of Grey, right? I know it's going to seem like a weird comparison. But I read the books, so I know that the first movie is not the conclusion to this like relationship that we're seeing played out. So a lot of people were bummed. They're like, why would they end a movie that way? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, you didn't read the books. Like, we're not done yet. I feel like it was kind of like that. Like, if the movie just ended the way it did, which we know it doesn't because of the way it ends. Like, we know there's more coming. I'm pretty sure the last line in the movie, and I won't say who says it, pretty sure the last line in the movie is, this is only the beginning. And because we know that, like... It makes sense, but I could see people being critical of how it like just didn't feel like a full movie because it felt like we should click over to a new scene at the end. But hey, that just gets people more excited for the next one, I suppose. Yeah, so going back just to like the Lord of the Rings comment that you made, um, there is no slight to Lord of the Rings because you know it's one of my Alzheimer's, but I feel like if I had you sit down and watch a Lord of the Rings movie with me, there'd be a lot less times where I'm like, Kelsey, you have to see this scene. Kelsey, you have to see this scene. Kelsey, this is really important. But when I'm watching Dune, it's like I wanted you to see every scene because I, you know, I've, I saw it before, so I knew that every scene had like an effect on me. So I didn't want you to miss anything because I, I felt like it was done so well that way. I also feel like Dune is easily digestible. Like I don't feel like – does that make sense? 
I don't feel like Lord of the Rings is. There's so much going on. So much going on. Where it's almost like it's too much, in my opinion. Dune, there's different details and there's different things to pick up on and different histories that you have to know. But for the most part, it's like a clear path to the end of the story. Yeah, they explain it very well. There's no, like, veering off in 6,000 different directions. And you know what? This is going to be controversial, but I kind of feel the same way about Harry Potter. Like, I really wanted to get into Harry Potter, but... And I know they had to make it last for a lot of books and a lot of movies. But, like, there's just so much going on, yet we're also supposed to follow this consistent path from beginning to end. I don't know. It's way too much for me to be able to handle. And also, like, they put so much space in between the books and so much space in between the movies that it's like, wait, what happened? Where were we? Like, no. Too difficult. Did you hear that, folks? This is a sci-fi movie that your wife will like. I kind of compare it to, like, Mandalorian, where a lot of people were like, oh, my wife won't watch Mandalorian. I'm not a big fan of Star Wars, like, in general, but, like, I really like The Mandalorian. And we started watching the second season, or I guess you'd call it a second season. I mean, it's not really The Mandalorian anymore, but um, I'll have Brian say the name of it because I don't want to mess it up. The Book of Boba Fett? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I kept saying, what I kept saying? I don't know. Who Boba knows? Fett. <laughs> Anyways, I don't find it as interesting because I don't have a little cute little Grogu to stare at. But I will say it's still good and I still prefer it over, once again, Star Wars where there's just way too much stuff going on. And maybe that's an insult to myself. Maybe I don't like overly complicated films. There you go. (laughs) Maybe that's why I like horror films, you know? They're very direct. (laughs) Yeah, so definitely... Definitely watch Dune. Anyone that's listening to this, if you live around me, or like I watch Dune a hundred times, if you want to come listen to it, because the sound is sweet. Kelsey, you see why I wanted the the home theater system for that now? The sound is sweet. I've talked to people that have watched it on like the, the regular TV without um speak without good speakers, and just based on what they've said, like I I feel like it it's so important to watch that with the best sound that you possibly can. So if you know your neighbor has like a sweet speaker set up, shovel his driveway. Maybe he'll invite you in to watch Dune. Compliment is sighting. <laughs> yeah, that does it. <laughs> so that being said, you know I'm giving it a 10. And I don't think 10, 10 doesn't have to be like the best movie of all time. It has to just be like an all-timer for me. And You the, can't give it a 10. Yeah, I'm giving it <laughs> <laughs> Five stars, 10 out of 10. I mean, for what it is, the acting is good. The action's good. I'm going off of not my personal preference, but just overall how it was as a movie. And I will give it a... I can't do halves, which really sucks. You can do half stars. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm just going to do stars then. I'm going to give it... Oh, you know what? Mm, I'll give it a four out of five stars. All right. Which would be an eight out of ten on IMDb. Yeah. We got to figure this out. <laughs> Four stars. Four stars for Kelsey. Five stars for Braggay. I still feel like there were some points in it that 
didn't quite connect for me where I was like, mm, this seems a little random. Like, I wish there was more reasoning behind this. That seems to be a theme with these movies I've been watching lately. I'm like, where did, how did we get here? Off mic, we'll talk about those scenes. Uh, I'm very curious. I won't give any more detail. I'll just say that, you know, whatever. That character got what he deserved anyways. I'll leave it at that. I will say, though, real quick, just off the top of your head, what do you think is the most disappointing sequel for you? Of all time? I won't say, I don't even want to say remake. No, let's do it two ways. Remake and sequel. Uh, There's not even close for me. For me, Happy Death Day was the biggest letdown in a sequel because I felt like the movie was really good. Um, Just to give you guys an overall really vague concept, imagine Groundhog's Day, but in a horror film. And it had comedy, it had scary moments, it had action. It made you think because you had to find out who the bad guy was, obviously. I really liked it. And so when it was coming out with a second one, I was all hyped. And it was such a letdown. They took it like this whole new sci-fi direction. And I was like, ugh, no thank you. And maybe it's just a personal letdown. But I was not a fan. And once again, they just overcomplicated it. It's a horror film. You don't need to overcomplicate it. Yeah, I see your happy death day, and I raise you Boondock Saints too. There is not a worse sequel than Boondock Saints two. Boondock Saints one, the original, was phenomenal. Like, how sweet is it? Like these Irish visual aunties that sing a poem before they shoot people. Like, they were awesome. They're awesome. And then they meet up with their father, who is also awesome, and also says the poem. Such a cool movie. And then the second one, it's like. The cops, who weren't the smartest in the first series, but the cops turn into, like, the Three Stooges. The cops are terrible in the sequel. You replace William Defoe, who might have been the best part of the original, with some female detective that, like, has some sort of, like, power trip going on over the Three Stooges. It's terrible. That movie is so bad. It shouldn't have—they should have never went the comedy angle. There's funny moments in the original, but it's still, like— an action freaking drama. I like too that like the original, and I don't know if they did it in the second one. I honestly, I have seen the second one. In fact, I own the second one. I think it was one of those things where I just outright went and bought it because I was like, oh, I love the first one. I'm just going to buy the second one for five bucks at Walmart. I'm sure it'll be good. And <laughs> it probably was not. Um, I like that they worked backwards. Like, they'd be at the scene of the crime. And they'd be like, okay, how do we get here? And they'd work backwards in the film, which was really cool. Boondock Saints, though, is a cult classic. Like, it didn't really get rave reviews from the critics. It got reviewed that way from the fans. And it became, like, a fan favorite. But still, Boondock Saints do not so much. You can't real quick me on this topic. We could go forever on this. All right, so that's the worst sequel off the top of my head. and I, there, there, Maybe there's a worse one if I really looked into it. But off the top of my head, nothing triggers me more than how bad Boondock Saints 2 was. Uh, what was the next question? The worst remake for you. Worst remake. I'm going to prelude that by saying that... I really liked the most recent trilogy of the Planet of the Apes. So that would be Rise, Dawn, and War. 
I feel like the main ape is awesome, which is Caesar. And like the humans, you kind of see their point of view. Uh, but then you're also like, wow, the humans kind of suck. And then the apes, you're kind of like, I kind of see their point of view, but like relax a little bit. Those movies are sweet. The original Planet of the Apes from like the 60s, that was sweet. The Mark Wahlberg movie from 2001 was trash. It was, it was, it's a really bad movie, like objectively terrible. And I just can't get out of my head, like the love story that he, like, I'm pretty sure he ends up like falling in love with one of the apes. And it's just, it's really odd. Um, a little bestiality ish. Yeah. Like just gives me a little of the, the heebie jeebies a little bit. Um, I would never watch that movie again. There's bad movies that I would watch again if it was on TV. I would I would never watch that movie again. It's so bad. It's worse than Boondock Saints 2. Eh. That's that's close. You think it's worse than Boondock Saints 2? It's bad. It's bad. It's bad and weird. You should look up what their IMDb ratings are. Oh, I did. The Boondock Saints movie is 6.3, which is criminally high. And 6.3? Yes. The second one? The second one is 6.3. And the Planet of the Apes movie with Marky Mark is 5.7, which again is higher than it deserves, but at least it's under 6. You know, the 6 is the threshold that we draw of like what when do you start getting into bad movies? I feel like this is hard for me to answer because I feel like there are so many bad horror remakes. That they're just like, they add nothing to the story. They don't change anything. The only thing they do is modernize it. I mean, Nightmare on Elm Street, the guy who played Freddy, he wanted nothing to do with that movie. He doesn't even want to comment on it. He just wants to pretend like that most recent remake like doesn't even exist. You had to pick something. It was your question. I will say Texas Chainsaw Massacre made a, a new one, and a lot of people hate on it, but I do like that they had, like, a new concept to it. Um, So they, like, went back to the house because she had inherited it, so she was related to the family of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, so I feel like that gave it a new twist, and in the end, you see her kind of, like— Does she join the family? In a way. Oh, no. I mean, I don't really think I'm spoiling this because no one's going to no watch, watch it. But, like, they've locked him away in the house and she finds him. And instead of, like, being, like, killed by him or being like, oh, gross. Like, she almost, like, is like, okay, I'll take over the legacy of keeping him locked up but also, like, in a way taking care of him. It's so weird. But, like, at least they added something new to it. And it, it gets all this hate, but at least they did something with it when they remade it. I will say this is not a movie. So <laughs> maybe I don't get a say in this portion of the podcast. Um, But the Gossip Girl remake, we just did not need it. And I know they call it a reboot because it's supposed to be a little different. It's terrible. The fashion is terrible. The acting is terrible. The storylines are just like cheap 
stolen ideas from the original. It's just a no for me. Tried two episodes of it. I've seen all of the episodes of Gossip Girl multiple times. Multiple times. And I know there's some problematic things in Gossip Girl, as there is with any TV show that goes on for that long. But at least it was entertaining. At least it was good acting. At least it was good writing. Things got a little twisted at the end there. But still, this has none of that. We didn't need it. You can take it back. Okay, since we're talking about sequels, in your mind, what's the number one movie that can never have a sequel? Titanic. He's literally doing <laughs> the on top of the world <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio motions right now. How good is that? It can't have one because the ship went down. <laughs> Imagine Titanic 2. How bad would that movie suck? What would you call it? I got it. Return of the Iceberg. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there was a reboot to that. Ghost Ship? Or, oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say Ghost Ship. Yeah. Did you say Ghost Ship? I didn't mean to say reboot. I meant to say sequel. But To this day. The beginning scene of Ghost Ship? That's the most ridiculously crazy beginning scene ever. I won't even I won't even say anything else about it's it. It's on YouTube. Go on YouTube. Yeah, exactly. It's like three minutes long. It's the craziest scene. The the beginning of Ghost Ship. I oh I mean the ugh. movie goes downhill from there, but like I've never actually seen the whole movie. I stopped there. Like I'm like <laughs> if the whole movie's gonna be like this. You're like, I'm good. Thank you. It it's just kind of crazy. Like it's very um final destination ish. You know what I mean? Like, just freak accident, but, like, also absolutely traumatizing. Yeah, that's as much as we're going to say. It's on YouTube. I know because I've freaking watched it. Do you have a choice? Do you have a an impossible sequel choice? I feel like there was a movie recently that I went and saw in theaters that, like, I remember I was mad because I, I was hoping that there would be a sequel. And I was like, well, how could they tie this into a sequel? And it's a newer movie, so I guess there's still a chance, but I don't think that they will because there was no, like, I don't know. They left it open, but I don't think that anyone would make a sequel, and I'm trying to think. There was a post credit scene, but, like, I still get this feeling that they're not going to make a second one. Oh, which makes me realize I just remembered what the movie was. Last Night in Soho. Remember we went and saw separate movies? And I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on the podcast, and if I haven't, it was such a good thriller slash scary movie, but, like, very psychological and, like, had a lot of thought in it. Like, you really, it's so hard to describe, but I remember leaving the theater and I was like, ooh, we could do so much more with this, but we also can't at the same time. There was such a solid ending where it was like, okay, this is the end of the movie, but it left you wanting more. And I can't even describe the movie. You just have to go see it. I think it was a little underrated. I still think the Titanic sequel is way more impossible. Definitely way more impossible. That's for sure. All right, guys. Well, this ship is sinking. (laughs) (laughs) This ship has sailed. (laughs) Um, We are going to wrap up this podcast. We are going to be back next week. Um, We are excited to talk to you guys about 
and <laughs> we are not that boring, but we are going to talk to you about books next week. <laughs> hey, Brian, don't ice me out like that. Get it? Ice? <laughs> Iceberg. <laughs> Alrighty, and on that note, um, Brian does not think I'm funny. Bye!